Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. I just want to start off this podcast by saying, I don't know if you heard, there was this annoying high-pitched noise the whole broadcast. Did you hear it? Like through the, no. through the oh my God, dude, uh-huh. it was like, you ever have something where it's like, um, it's like you hear something and that's all you hear. Like if it's in a song or something like there's one thing and that's all you hear forever. The whole broadcast, I was like, dude, is it my speaker? So I actually switched from watching on one computer to another computer. I'm like, it's the broadcast. It was oh, just it like sucks. it's it's just one of those like things that don't matter because I usually don't listen to commentary. I just mm-hmm. you know watch the fights, but this time I was like all invested in shit, and I'm like, oh, I hate this. I had my headphones <laughs> in. I was like, I just hate this. Something stupid, small to a actually pretty pretty good Apex card, but oh, yeah. I just hated it. Yeah. Speaking of Apex card, that's like we've had so many fights in a row on, and even though there's been fight nights, they've been on the road of like the full size cage. During that very first fight, even though well, that was a flyweight fight, uh, if Dave um, nice. and Johnson, like even watching that, I was like, oh, this cage looks tiny yeah, for yeah. these guys. Oh, yeah. It's like small. to think that you had heavyweight title fights like Miocic versus Nganu in that cage is insane. It's not fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, re- <laughs> it's really not for sure. Yeah. It's almost like baseball where there's no like regulation to, to the size of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it was, it took me like halfway through the second round to be like, oh, okay, this is like, my eyes aren't bothered by this anymore. And I'm just going to say it, man. I just think it's so much more fun in front of a crowd. Like sometimes uh, the apex silence gets me mm-hmm. like it's, it, yeah. it just, it, it feels, it feels less like a big, big time fighter big especially with some of these fights I mean, we had a lot of finishes we got to see a lot of like submissions which was so mm-hmm. fun but it just feels like the consequences are the same for these fighters but it just feels less and quote important and i know that's a shitty thing to say but i love the energy of like a crowd uh i, I do like to get to hear like the corners and uh, we'll talk about one specific thing that i really enjoyed uh on this being able to hear without mm-hmm. the crowd but man yeah. i just I like the I like the feel of the the moment of like the energy of the crowd. So it was, you know, a sense since, since yeah. I don't always listen I, with volume, it's very noticeable when you do. Are you talking about old JSP telling oh, so funny. telling Brito like stand up and do something? And then he said, I'll do something then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was hilarious to because at that point you do feel like JSP is kind of controlling the fight. And when he's, oh, when he's talking that shit, I'm like, well, he's not going to be able to do anything. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, he got him in a ninja choke, and it was deep. My man mm-hmm. was choking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, like Watching that fight, I was already putting down the note of like, oh, JSP going to JSP. Yep. You, you know, like he is doing exactly – he avoided the, the big explosive movements in round one, and he's just going to you know thug nasty JSP, like what these guys do where they just cook people. And it looked like it was working, but I wonder how much Brutu talking shit from from the bottom got JSP wanting to do more and opened it up for him to be able to pop back up because he was not having any chance of standing up prior to that. That, that. And that was the weird thing is like like you said, JSP going to JSP, and I was like, dude, he's in so much control. I mean, even to say get up and do something, boy. <laughs> you know, like yeah, he called him boy. Yeah, <laughs> even not, with the boy, good, and you're like. 
I don't think I, – in the moment, I was like, I don't think he can. I don't know. Yeah. If you would have told me JSP, like if I didn't watch the fight and you're like, yeah, he he lost, at that point, I'd be like, where where does the momentum shift? And it shifted mm-hmm. immediately. It was like yeah. like it pissed him off a little bit, right? Or whatever Britu is saying, like you're saying, it just got under him. And then my man ninja chokes the shit out of him, takes his pants off, and immediately Dom with the his balls is hot is hilarious to me. Yes. And then he kind of get his little own version of Billy Walk. I mean, what else can you do? Someone's talking yeah. shit and you chuck them out, you know? Yeah. You, you Billy Walker. Derek Lewis is a, is a uh, cultural icon, by the way. <laughs> um, His balls is hot. But yeah, I mean, that was the fight was awesome up until that point, too, even though it was like JSP controlling a lot of it. He's still violent from those positions, right? Oh, he yeah. was he was throwing in the ground and pound. Like it was it was a very, very fun fight. It did not disappoint. And then to have it drop of a hat, whole fight change, boom, it's over was those are always like very satisfying finishes yeah like it kind of sucks for the other person because i mean i'm a i'm a fan of both of these guys i'm just a fan of the fights in general you know but like oh yeah jay like i'm happy for jsp that he's doing this and then boom it's over it's like oh shit like that sucks for him but what a crazy kind of turn of events hell yeah and then so now well first of all that's a big win and i know pierce is not ranked but when you look at it i mean pierce was scheduled to fight bryce mitchell yep so he was scheduled to fight a top 10 guy and so for that that is a really really big win for Brito. he kept saying motherfucker and i think he was calling out i saw danny gay tweet something about it so i think he was calling out danny gay because i think he, he called him out before uh, but you look at it you look at the the finish streak there they put that graphic up there this is in the ufc period Regardless of weight class, the longest active finish streak is five. You got Shavkat and Benoit Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis. Uh, and then four, you have Roman Kapalov, Carlos Olberg, and Joe Anderson Breaches. I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty good company. <laughs> to to be in there for Joe Anderson Breach. And I I don't know if this guy understands how to be boring. Yeah, and and so, what do you look at Britu? Just kind of looking in the future. Do you like? Does he have a run in him? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I don't know how else to put it. But do you see this guy as someone that's like, oh, I can see him doing for the ch- challenge for the belt? Do you see him as like you gotta beat him to be the top five type of guy? Where do you see him just today? His future in the UFC? Yeah, I think we'll need to see more because we've seen so few rounds. From the standpoint of, I mean, first of all, he has a win over Diego Lopez. Mm-hmm. Has a win over Diego Lopez. Now, it was contender series. It was a technical decision because of a foul late in the fight. But that that has aged. But not really, I'm, I'm super big on Lopez right now. So, yeah. Yes. Which, like, that rematch could be an awesome fight. Be great. But uh, he has a win over Chepe Mariscal, which we've seen Chepe turn away two prospects and trevor peak and uh, jack jenkins mm-hmm. so he has some really good wins his one loss is to senor perfecto in <laughs> a three round you had to in a three round fight which we we know how when algio's on like he, he's a very very good fighter and then you look at it we haven't seen a ton of rounds from this guy touchy feely under a minute lucas alexander two minutes just over two minutes weston wilson Three minutes. This fight was the longest at nine. Yeah. And he was losing most of most of that. Yeah, he was. 
But that being said, what we had seen from him up until this point in the UFC was, hey, this guy's super explosive, super athletic, and if he can get it done early, he's dangerous. But if you can weather that storm, there's a possible, you know, he's not going to quite be the same fighter. But I don't know if that narrative holds true because he was getting, I mean, that was exhausting work in the grappling yep. with Pierce. And so it, it's really hard to, in my mind, to be able to say what we have. But based off of that, I think top 10 guy. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's. That's the ceiling. Now it could anywhere within the top ten. We'll continue to see as he evolves because he is only twenty eight. But I think he's he has very unique skills in that he's super explosive. He's not the tallest guy, but he's long. He's got six foot wingspan. Crazy, right? Yeah, and then obviously has has the right mindset where he's he understands like, hey, I have to do something in this scenario to get out of it. And I can't. Yeah. And so I'm just going to start talking shit to this guy to see if that's what it's going to take. And it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so when I, he was like back in the head, he's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know I'm saying yeah. just like real childish. He got super childish on it. <laughs> he did, which I'm glad you brought that up though, that he was doing, cause there was two separate occasions where uh, Pierce like yelled to the ref that there was something going on. Yeah. And you hear it all the time from fighters of like, Hey, that's not your concern. Now you're concerned. Just fight. Let the ref do his job because those brief moments are taking you out of the fight. And if nothing else, this showed he, his mind can be taken out of out of the fight, which is unfortunate. Well, and also I'm just looking at this scorecards. Two judges gave him the first round, Brie two. Uh, really? Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> like, hmm. like very, very bizarre. I because you just made the comment where he was. I felt he was kind of losing the fight up to yeah. that point. Two two judges gave him the first round, and even looking at stats is very bizarre. I don't know. Maybe that's one I need to rewatch, but I can't. I, I felt like JSP. I felt like, honestly, his mistake lost him the fight that he was winning. So to kind of yeah. see that is bizarre, right? Doesn't that feel weird? Yeah. I mean, I guess you had Richie did have the top time in, in the first round until it got reversed. Yeah, but I mean, control time. But he didn't do for, much. Yeah, he didn't do much with it. But control time is two twenty eight for Pierce and one fifty eight for. I don't know. That is very weird. It's maybe strange. maybe it's something I'll rewatch just that first round. But anyways, great great way to have adversity and be like, you know what? I'm on the bottom. I need to change this up, and then just to snag it real quick because mm. in that transition period to grab it, it was. I think the reason why I got locked in so deep is because it just wasn't expected, right? At that point, yeah. you feel like you're controlling, and it's just out of nowhere. And it was like, you know, like when a you see like a deer on the side of the road, like how their tongue's hanging out their eye. That's what it like. The choke was deep, so great win. Oh yeah, and we got what we wanted on this card. Maybe not the undercard. There was a lot of decisions, uh, but we had some really fun grappling throughout the card. I mean, shit. Look at the main event that exchange where <laughs> first of all with them talking about paul craig getting him off balance using the legs phenomenal beautiful right phenomenal that's like dom alluded to like that is top of the food chain grappling understanding the positions but that sequence where it's like calf slicer and then brendan allen knew exactly what to do to try to defend it he started attacking the ankle boom straight ankle lock craig's like no nah, we're going for the heel hook like just that whole sequence for two guys that are that high level was was just a lot of fun to watch play out. And and 
that right there because I'm not even like I don't train jujitsu. It's just it was exciting to watch when something's exciting to watch and you don't even really understand like the consequences or like the technical aspects of it. It's just fun to watch. Um, Craig in the first round, come on, Craig, Craig. <laughs> uh, on the first round did great off his back, but. Man, the, I think the problem with him is he looked slow on his feet. Like, his punches just looked like like I could have ducked him. And once he started getting those elbows and, and kind of getting battered, being on your back doesn't seem like the game plan that he wanted. He just, Allen just looked sharper. He just looked sharper, man. And that elbow to cut him open was disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, Craig being off his back and being so comfortable, yeah, it, it probably had him survive to the third round. But I mean, how quick in the third round did he get submitted? It's Allen. Allen is no joke. I I don't think that his callouts are going to happen. I don't think he deserves a number one contender shot mm-hmm. off of that win. But if I'm him, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely be calling him out. Why not? Right? Oh, yeah. Like the superstardom well, happened. I mean, the uh, it's not just fighting. It's also if you can sell some. Yeah, and the fight. I think the fight turned on the start of the second round when they both connected yeah oh yeah and it looked like they were both gonna fall down but it seemed like it took more out of craig for Brendan allen there was that kind of like flash knees give out for craig it was like the zombie yep. you know like stanky leg kind of deal uh but that was i mean we we saw it all right and that that is kind of reassuring from craig from the standpoint of he has the power with his hands at middleweight Right, like he was able to hurt Brendan Allen. I think Brendan Allen has a great game pace. I think he's just one of those tough ass dudes where yeah. like you can drop him, he's never going to look different. But what I took away from this was more that Brendan Allen is a legitimate threat. Yeah, a legitimate threat. I mean, you know the rear naked choke is coming. Mm-hmm. You know it. He has fourteen submissions. Yeah, eleven of those are by rear naked choke. His last four fights in the UFC. He is won by rear naked choke. Insane. I mean, that is unbelievable. And yet he is able to do it. His stand-up looks clean. It looks like everything he was hitting him with looked like it hurt. I mean, he and just like we talked about, it was the fight went to the ground on his terms. Oh, yeah. Right? It was either him trying to take him down or him hurting Craig and Craig shooting for the takedown. And his ability to Allen's ability to just sit in Paul Craig's guard. And just be there and be okay with it. And the the elbows from the ground not being too like anxious, right? Like not being too like, oh my God, I'm in this crazy guy's guard. Like I gotta be careful. It was all right. I'm gonna control, control, find my space, crack. And it, it was methodical. It was amazing. I I thought a a hell of a performance. And it's just he's getting that steady climb of competition. Yeah, and and I like what Dom was saying as well because it's one of those technical aspects I don't think about, but how he's saying he's always pushing his head forward because you're right. I mean, Craig can. Craig's on his back, not necessarily just because Allen put him there, but because he's comfortable there, right? So we do have to put that in consideration. Craig's on his back the whole time, but he wants to be there. But to keep pushing forward, but then like like you're saying, the the calmness of, okay, he's kind of reversing my position, but let me reverse it back. He kicks his hand off the calf slicer and he said, I'm going to go for my own submission. He just has this confidence about him. His his like swagger about him is also what makes him exciting because when he's sitting there talking and he's fighting, and he, like it's just in his demeanor, you're like, I believe that he's a bad motherfucker, right? Like there's something yeah. about him that you're like, 
dude, I kind of believe everything you're saying. That's why I'm I'm okay with the callouts. I don't think he gets them, but I'm okay with him because I'm like, I kind of think you're ready for those people, right? Like he just has that confidence about him. I love it. He has a little bit of Sean Strickland and Justin Gaethje to him. Oh yeah, of just the supreme confidence and the calmness. Yeah, when he's in there to to be level headed to think it through. This is the biggest win of Brendan Allen's career up until this point. Correct. Right? Easy. Beat a top 15 guy. And his ability to then articulate on the microphone, I thought was really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more I watch of this guy, the more I like him. Or he goes in there now. He did say come shot in front of his four year old daughter. Uh, I'm, but, I, I barely caught it. So she didn't. Catch it, you know? <laughs> but. You know, great call outs. And then he's going to take that platform to put his guys over, which oh, I, I absolutely love. Oh, yes. My God. Right. You're going to you're going to say, hey, Paul Craig, I got my man Pfeiffer here. He yeah. wants next. Like, yeah. awesome. You know, get get Pfeiffer going. You know, Jamal Hill's going to be back. Kind of one of those like, don't forget about him, which you can't forget about Jamal Hill because he's the light heavyweight Aljo. He's at every event. Yeah. He just he shows <laughs> he up to fights, every event. Yeah. yeah. On the road in Vegas. He doesn't care. Uh, and then he's trying to get his boy into the UFC. You know, all of that. You call it asking for the purple shorts. Like mm-hmm. just everything was so, I mean, I struggled to do that when I like write shit out. Not when I was just in a high consequence fist fight, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it, it's insane. And yeah, very, very likable. And as far as fights moving forward, you know, the Whitaker, I think could potentially happen just because Whitaker has been around for so long. He's fought so many guys. He's coming off of getting beat up pretty good. So he's going to need, a win over somebody to to get back into talks. Why not? Kind of the young surging Brendan Allen. I don't think Cannoneer happens because Cannoneer is like, hey, I'm I'm either fighting somebody to get a title or it's for the title. Yeah. So his age you know, is a factor I, in that as well, too. You know, like, yeah, he's yeah, what 38, 39. 39 like think, his yeah. yeah, his next fight is either a number one contender fight, which potentially could be Brendan Allen, but I don't think they're gonna push Brendan Allen like that. Or it's going to be the winner of Drakus and Strickland. Yeah, I can see that. Or like Cannoneer getting like Hamzat just because. But yes, I, yeah, I exactly. Think, like a name making type fight. Yeah, I think Allen, you know, I think if he's going to get someone kind of high up there, I think it's Acosta. Why not just give him Acosta? Like, Acosta's mm-hmm. got to fight too. He has to yeah. fight. Uh, but I don't care who they give him. Give him somebody. I can't wait. Yeah. Like like you're saying, even even though his his uh, weigh-ins are dope. Like this guy's just yeah. dope. He's just something special about him that he's he's in the middleweight division. You know, this middleweight division is is fire, dude. Exciting. It's yeah, fire. it's exciting. And one name that I think kind of falls by the wayside sometimes, Marvin Vittori. Even. Yeah, because Vittori has to have a fight. He's fought absolutely everybody. He cool. just got dominated by Cannoneer. So, you know, what can he do next? I think he's at that point now in his career where it's like you've had your title shots. You're now getting beat by contenders. Like you're going to have to fight some of these young up and coming guys to prove that you still belong in the top five. And and him, Allen versus Vittori. I mean, that's a hard one to even like imagine calling because Vittori is just that guy still. You know, he he might not be a champion mm-hmm. ever, but like you're not fucking around with Vittori. Well, that's a test you have to pass oh my God. to to get to that next level, yeah. right? Like is Paul Craig has some great wins at light heavyweight, but never a title contender. Yeah. You know, not a title contender at middleweight. So Vittori was a legitimate title contender. Right? Yeah. There was a period there where it's like, okay, it's Izzy. 
And then is it Vittori or Bobby Knuckles? I don't know. And then it was always Bobby you know, Knuckles. And then, yeah, it was always Bobby it, Knuckles. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they fought, right? Yeah. It was the hey, we're gonna see now between these two guys. Uh so yeah, I, I think that's a test that I would like to see Brendan Allen uh, try to pass. And then from that grappling extravaganza, I was so excited for the Monkey King and oh. Chase Hooper because like 30 seconds in, it was hitting the ground. <laughs> Fuck yes, I'm but, getting what and, I want. And last week we said, I really hope we get to see some grappling. We hope to see <laughs> grappling in this fight. I hope it's not stand-up. They said, Fuck it. Oh, yeah. you guys wanted to see grappling? We're going to show you grappling. It was so dope. Quick fight, but mm-hmm. all grappling. <laughs> And just so high level, yep. too, when you look at how Hooper got to that arm bar. I mean, Levitt, if he's a lesser grappler, is dead to rights there. Oh, yeah. Does exactly what he needs to do to be able to get to the stack. So that way the pressure's off the arm. He hit Hooper with a really Hard. nice shot from Opened up his top. eyes up, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, you want to talk about deer in headlights. All of a sudden, was Hooper, it. like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was it. But then you look. Hooper has had the opportunity, and we talked about it last week when we were previewing this fight. He was put in some bad spots early in his career. He got rushed along. He was having to fight some really experienced guys when he was not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he was a, a year removed from his high school prom, and he, he's in there fighting like grown ass men. So stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think in the long run now, that has helped him. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons MMA is better than boxing because they don't protect people, they make them get tested. And I think Hooper has that in him of like, oh, I know, I know I can take an ass whooping. Like, I don't want to, but I know if it comes down to that, like, I'm not going to give up on myself. I proved it. Yeah. So, and so to have that in your back pocket, it's pretty, pretty good. So I just yeah. want to say, just because you brought in boxing, and I don't know how you can not like boxing more. I mean, Shakur Stevenson just threw six punches in a whole fight. How do you not think that's exciting? Oh my God. <laughs> You're crazy. So like, that, that was way better than any of the fights on this event. Right. Yeah, and they're hyping this up as like, oh, Shakur Stevenson. Where is he? Pound for pound. He's like, well, pound for pound. Yeah. He's the least throwingest person of all time. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But let's get off of that bullshit. Ugh. I love this fight just because from the very beginning, um, like the the first thing was like a transition. Hooper's transition. It was just this was this was awesome. He, but the thing, the thing that did kind of surprise me a little bit is when he sunk in the, excuse me, when he sunk in the submission, the rear naked, it seemed like it was quick. Like I, I expected to have a little bit more defense from Levitt. So he must have just sort of like really caught him because I was surprised at how quickly he tapped. And, and you saw it in Levitt's eyes. Like when he got him, he was like, oh shit, he got me. Yeah. Right. So, yep. but that, that just goes to show to Hooper, like the skill level that he's at. Oh, yeah. And part of it was you see him. There's a difference between high level grapplers and like people that understand the techniques. Yeah. Because like Hooper is very high level. When you see with some of these other guys that know the techniques, it's all right, hooks in, arm under the chin. Like it's very A to Z. Yeah. But with with Hooper, I mean, it's like quantum physics, right? Like it, it can be both at the same time, like multiple things are happening. As he's rolling to take the back, he's getting he's cinching in the arm. And so if you're trying to defend that, all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. Right. You're not just getting attacked from one thing. It's like, all right, let me fight the hooks. Okay, I lost that battle. Let me fight the hands. It's ah, (laughs) like everything's happening at once. What do I do? (laughs) And even somebody who is as high level as Jordan Levitt, it's difficult. Those noises. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All right. That guy 
quite possibly makes those noises. Okay, fair right? enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and I also to take it back to the dad stuff. So excited for uh, Hooper. He announced he's becoming a dad, nice. which is awesome. Uh, but then also Jordan Levitt, week of the fight, was like, yeah, my wife is due four days after Oof. the fight. So she goes into labor like, hey, I'm not fighting. And, and good, and you know what? Good for him. That's that, yes. like that Denzel Washington type of thing where he's like, if there's something family-wise, I'm not doing a movie. Like, you can't – I, I love that because – I was going to say he didn't hit him in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> now, just like the mentality of like, you know, yeah. there are things that are important in this world, and right now that's important. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't blame somebody for not doing that. You know, there's been football players that are like, my kid's getting born right now and he's playing a game because it's their life. It is their career. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. But if someone makes that decision, I'm not going to be like, oh, what a puss. You know, it's like, good for you, dude. Yeah. Uh, so maybe a little bit more exciting to come off a, a win, but he'll he'll forget about this win quick once that baby's born. It won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I love the mentality from Chase Hooper. And this is one of the fun things about seeing a young fighter come in. We're watching him grow up right in front of our eyes. Yep. Right. His his first fight, he's talking about, oh, I'm gonna go have some skills now afterwards. Right. Yeah. And then now he's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be a dad. Like you guys are gonna see me a whole lot more because I gotta make money. I got yeah. family to take care of. Mm -hmm. It's just really really cool to see that progression for him. That and to hear Chase Hooper is gonna be fighting more often. Cool. I'm cool with that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has looked really really good at like wait, I think. You know, I'm not going to call for any kind of matchup, but the type of test I want to see now is a little bit more of a stand-up oriented test. Yeah. Like what's going to happen with him with some of these lightweight wrestlers, you know, keep him really far away from the top 15 for the time being, let him pass those different tests and, and then let's see what, what comes of that. And then on our, on the grappling now, I, and I hate to, Feels like every week we have to talk about it. The early stoppage on the Ogden modified, like he's Mata's defending. Yeah, dude. Right. So, he even even defending I saw him defending the choke. It. I and you know I, there was a part, but I'm like his hand is clearly like, and when he grabbed his hand, he pushed. Ah, it sucks, man. Yeah, it sucks. and it's not like he never went limp, right? Like he was he was tense the whole time. I I hate to see it, and I what I hate more so is that there's this narrative that it should be well he needs to say he's okay no he doesn't he's fighting for his life like but, he has a grown assassin trying to strangle him but to that point that's where i think the commentary is really spot on like the the thumbs up is the thing that gets the choke in deeper now we might live in a world where another referee was like okay you know this person you know like the the russian ref is like let him die whatever yeah let it let's it goes on he helped he helped Benoit Saint-Denis' <laughs> career. Don't you forget it. Yeah, so, Don't you forget it. So, like, in that situation, maybe another 30 seconds, another minute, another two minutes. I think Ogden was right in it because the no contest was kind of weird. He's winning both rounds at that point. He's winning the fight. He's in a position where he, he's winning, so the no contest is weird. I, I like Ogden's frustration. Like, pay me, man. I was winning. Like, I, I, I was in the position. I'm cool with that. I think the commentary was very spot on, though, because – it was a bad stoppage to a great fight. But for them to say, hey, look, you can't do that. You can't, like, and, and then showing the replay, look, when he grabs his hand, he's still pushing up. He's not out. It educates us as fans. We don't want to see referees make mistakes, and it's going to happen because it's human, but this one, I feel bad for Mata. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Ogden, too. I feel bad. Because yeah, you, you got to feel for both. I, I'd imagine Dana White. 
hooks hook Ogden up yeah, with a little something in the bait. Yeah. You know, you would you would think. Uh, but the yeah, and I get Beltron's been out for a little while. You know, I think last week was his first card back, but it, it's unfortunate because what is let's come up with a better process to to establish if a guy's unconscious or not, as opposed to asking him yeah. and trying to, I mean, if you're sitting there and I'm using both hands to defend and you're trying to shake my hands, like, Hey man, <laughs> I, I need those. Can, can you not tug on my arms? Yeah. And, and yeah. when he was pulling his arms to stop the fight, like it was so much pressure to try to pull away a guy that you think is out. Uh, I think, Maybe the only thing you can think of is that he say, I'm good. But like maybe he couldn't speak because you're concentrating on a guy, mm-hmm. a grown assassin trying to kill you. I don't know what you do in these types of situations, but even Beltran, like after the fight, he, he was ready to raise Ogden's hands. And they were like, This is a no contest. Even he was like, Oh, okay. And like, ta da. You know, it's it's yeah. a shame because Ogden deserved to keep that position, but also Mata deserved to defend it. Uh mm-hmm. Kind of sucks, man. Yeah, because it's, you know, I get it. You, I guess I don't get it. Like, what's the rule around a technical decision at that point? Because they were more than halfway through the third round, yep. which so if this was a, a foul, an inadvertent foul that stopped the fight, it would have gone to a decision. Correct. But like, since the refs stopped it, it doesn't. It, it's very like, let's get some clarity there. Um well, like let, let me let me ask like you. Like Beltran was confused. <laughs> Here's a whole Willem Dafoe up. Well, let me ask you yeah. a hypothetical. Do you think they should have just raised Ogden's hand and then, uh, uh, you know, you can go to the commission or whatever and like dispute it, or do you think that a no contest in the moment is is the call? Because like like you're saying, the referee stopped the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm on top of you. I'm choking you, and he stops the fight. I won because I wouldn't have stopped unless you stopped me. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the what the protocols are and what needs to be done in order to overturn. Yep. So like to take it to a world that I am very familiar with with football, there's certain ways that refs will throw flags or call fumbles because it can only be challenged in certain instances. Fair enough. So like on, you know, they might rule something a certain way because they know then it can be challenged, even if they think maybe it was the other way, if there's any gray area, they're being taught, like, hey, call it this way, because we can always overturn it. But I actually like that a lot. We can't, if we call it the other way, we can't do that. So do it this way, we can overturn it. You know, there's certain things like with the clock, like we can't err on the side of running the clock, because we can always reset the clock to where it's supposed to be. Fair enough. But we can't just, be, well, I think it would have been about eight seconds off the clock after, you know, you can't do that. And so I don't know what it is for the commission as far as like, oh, it's easier to overturn a no contest to a, a de- you know, some form of a decision as opposed to we need to rule it the other way. I would think that it would be easier to overturn to a no contest. Me too, right? Just because this way there's, there was no score delivered for the third round. So and you would think that they would err on the side of technical decision, then overturn. But also, like, shit never gets overturned, it feels like, by the commission. Unless, so this, I also, unless it's drug test related. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I wonder, and, and only for certain people. Yeah. But I wonder how, 
like how much that would then factor into it because you have things where like blatant headbutt. I mean, look at fucking Jared Gordon, Bobby Green, yeah. right? Like that that one wasn't ruled a no contest, was it? Did that stay for Bobby Green or did that end up going to uh I don't remember. But while you're looking that up, I I I really like the kind of how other sports do it. I don't know how you would do it in this type of situation. Okay, they did. Sorry, they did rule it no contest. Yeah, I don't know how you do it in this situation because the downside is is that no matter what, if as long as the fight's going, anybody can win. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. I can pretend and I can, you know, Ogden was going to win, but I don't know that. I don't know he was going to win. I feel like he was, but that's not fair because who knows what's going to happen. We just saw it with uh, Britu. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that he was – in the same position but it was a similar position where it's like i'm on top i'm losing the fight and then it just takes one second to switch it over i don't know what you do that, that i know actually- what you should do go over to your podcast listening service choice uh hit that follow like the episodes like the show subscribe so you know when the new episodes drop also over on x give us a follow at number one bs pod so that way you can see the uh fight picks yeah yeah that's right who who won it this week huh huh like a oh. phoenix <laughs> from the ashes i rose very similar to ben Watson the knee yeah but you okay realize, you realize we only have what two more events hey okay <laughs> i'm not looking to the future okay i'm looking at what just happened okay fair enough because hey there might not be a tomorrow brother okay, <laughs> okay you still, so, still losing the long run man. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna take this to the commission uh, but yeah and then you can also uh vote in that featured prelim poll and with our pay-per-views you'll get all those live posts that i'm sure you all love so so much uh, coming back to it, can I just go ahead and talk about the Talbot versus, I don't know how to say his last name, Aguirre? Ag- Ag- Aguirre. Aguirre. Dude, yeah, go for it. Talbot is so, like, he for him being a bantamweight, he's, they're not big guys in terms of, you know, like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. He looks like he just commands the cage. Like, there's you can't get around me. Aguirre, that first round, I, I, I wanted to talk about this with you because – like that first round, it was like, man, Talbot, you know, he's getting he's getting handled. But that second round, Aguirre looked scared. It was mm-hmm. and Talbot, when he goes for you, dude, it is it was so fun to watch, just like like how and then and then for him to come out and be like, I, I broke you. <laughs> you know, the guy's like, You kind of did. And just to get it so quick, Talbot is fun to watch. There's there uh, we talked about confidence and Brandon Allen. This guy's got it too. He's got some confidence that he knows something we don't. There's something oh, about yeah. his power and his athleticism that we just don't know that he knows. Oh, it's that young man confidence. Oh, 25 years old, he's 7 and 0. Oh my god. Like, he he doesn't know anything else. But yeah, that that's not a good sign when someone is motioning to you that they broke you and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, let me give you a hug." <laughs> you know, like that's that's not good, man. Well, well, unless, but, unless unless he just didn't know what that meant and unless he mm-hmm. thought it was like a, you know, come out and touch gloves in the third round. Maybe maybe there's like a you know, a barrier of like, oh, I understand what you're doing. But we talk about it all the time and we try to say, we don't want to say another. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we always try to say, we don't want to say somebody got broken. For their opponent to look at you and say, I broke you and then go out and stop you in what, 38 seconds or whatever it was? 
something yeah, quick. That is 58. 58 on my bag. Um, but <laughs> for for someone to do that, it's like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And he he knows. You come off the 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 out of the corner for the third round and already knowing I broke this guy. What kind mm-hmm. of confidence does this kid have? And I loved it. I love to see it. And and he's you look at his finishes, so he is seven and oh six finishes, doesn't have a single one in the first round. He's got three third round finishes now and three second round finishes. Jesus. So he is a slow starter. And at some point that's gonna bite you because you're gonna either you're gonna fight somebody who is on par with you or is better than you and throwing away a round. Yeah. You know, you're putting yourself in a hole or you're just not going to be able to weather the storm at some point in the first round. But the after him, and he didn't take damage really in, in that first round, which was impressive, but he, he hurt him on the feet. The ground and pound was, there was a couple of those shots that he connected on where it was like, oh shit. Like you saw Gary just like fetal. You know, and, I mean, it was and, not good. It not only showed in that moment, but it also showed in his demeanor. He had he was in his head like this guy is better than me. We saw mm-hmm. we saw two people fighting. One person knowing I'm better than the other person being like you're better because that first round he controlled him. He controlled him. Didn't do anything, but controlled him. Man, it was in the in the bantamweight division to have another guy like this is so fun, man. Oh yeah, especially because he's so young, both age and in his fight career. He doesn't have to like bring this guy along slowly. Please, he could have five more fights before he ever fights somebody in the top fifteen. Right, and like, I watch all five with excitement. <laughs> oh hell yeah! The, the fact oh hell that yeah! He, oh, oh hell yeah! I got to crack my two beers. <laughs> um, but the, the fact that he's never had a submission win before, and he goes like full Nate Diaz. You remember back in the day when Nate Diaz locked in the triangle? I think it was against. Batman, Kurt Pellegrino, yeah, and he's like flipping everybody, everybody off. I mean, as he's sinking in the rear naked choke, tongue out, like mm-hmm. he just knows he has it. Like that level of confidence, that level of skill, he showed he can survive when he's getting taken down. Right, he knows what everyone's going to try to do to him because he is deadly on the feet, deadly, and he's he doesn't look like he carries a ton of power until he touches somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, every time he was hitting a gear, he was like, Oh, that that's not good. <laughs> like there's, there's some big reactions being drawn out. Oh yeah. You, you'd have to imagine a Gary went to the chair after the first round and was like, I, I probably exhausted a little bit, you know, but this guy, this guy has something because when he first started like walking him down at the beginning of the first round and you're just like, man, he just feels so big in the cage. And and it could be that the cage is smaller, right? But his, it's like what people used to say about John Jones. He just feels like he's everywhere. It's like, no matter where you go, he's there. Talbot, man, he just, and even like after the fight's done, just looking around at people, just like, I'm the shit, right? And it, you're probably right. Some of that young man confidence coupled with success. It's just like. That that'll get you far too, you know. That gets you far, and mm-hmm. I, I was so impressed by just what, like, just how his demeanor. It was just fun to see his demeanor. His demeanor is gonna make him. Is he good on the mic? I haven't really heard any interviews with him. Uh, he's he's like kind of calm. Okay, he's, like impressive. he's confident, but just a, he's a very from the ones I've heard, just kind of like a very matter of fact. Like when type. you know you're a killer, you just get to the point type thing. Yeah, yeah, like they were they were asking him, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I was horrible in the first round. Like I need to be better, but like I knew I broke him. It was like that's why I motioned to him. Like I knew once I felt it in the second round. Like he knew, I knew. You know, just very like matter of fact. Calm. I love that. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, a, it, I'm a fan. 
Yeah, it, it's I like that type of confidence. I mean, there's there's spectrum to the confidence, right? You have the Connors, the Sean O'Malley's, like those. You know, they're going to cut a promo kind of yep. confidence. But then you have the the guys like this, the the Gaethys, the Robbie Lawlers, where it's just like, yeah, like I'm no, I, like I know what I'm doing in here, yeah. guys. Like I'm I'm good at what I do. Yeah, I, I like that too. Brendan Allen in in the same vein there. Just another another one to be watching at 135. And before we started recording, you and I were talking a little bit about the heavyweight fight, which we don't need to talk about. Mm-mm. But the you look at the difference between Parkin, who is supposed to be a, a prospect at heavyweight, what that looked like, versus Talbot, who is a prospect, but nowhere near like a, hey, this guy's ready to go prospect, and what that skill set those, those looked like. Lo- those lower weight classes just have skill like. Since we're not going to talk about the fight, we will kind of expose what we were talking about a little bit. Sometimes when heavyweights fights look like that, they're just not fun. They're just not mm-hmm. fun, right? And you just don't really get that too much in these lower weight divisions because the other person's super skilled everywhere, and I'm like I'm trying to get my chance. Man, it yeah, yeah great great juxtaposition of it because Talbot being a prospect were you saying like imagine if he does have five more fights before they give him a top and this is mm-hmm. this is the guy that's outside of the top 15 like this is what we yeah. might have coming up to us like get out of my face yeah, i love it that division's so good four months ago he wasn't in the ufc <laughs> right like that, this level of skill outside of the ufc jesus and these yeah, people are walking around at your grocery store just remember that just remember oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you look at and we'll take it back real quick to Chase Hooper, Jordan Levitt. And Chase Hooper's like starting to look yeah, more like a is. fighter. He's feeling you out. know, he's yeah. But like Jordan Levitt's the kind of guy that like people might fuck with. I and mean, he is a savage of a human being. I mean, super nice, but like what he did to Matt Wyman <laughs> with that slam, like he's a violent person. And Absolutely. that's why you never mess with anybody oh, nowadays. Because yeah. yeah. anybody get your can just keep it hot. Yeah. Man. yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep it moving. But then we're gonna I want to not move on from the Bantamweight division to further emphasize the difference in skill and why both of us love these smaller weight classes so much. Chad Ann Helliger versus Jose Johnson. Man. Right? Two guys that are likely never, ever going to sniff the top 15. But, man, what a fun fight. Super fun fight. And Johnson just fighting for the submission to the end. It's like... Mm-hmm. You know, you you, you always want to believe that people are going for finishes. But sometimes, I mean, I can feel it sometimes when it's just like, we're just going to get done. Like, I'm just going to get done with this round. I'm just going to get done with this fight. Nope. Nope. I'm I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, and it was deep. You know, and, mm-hmm. and like, how do you say his name? Ann Helliger? Ann Helliger. Yeah, yeah Ann Helliger. Not, not Ann Heliger, as Dom kept saying. <laughs> Somebody must have been in his ear and corrected him because... He was on a streak of about a minute where he was the only one talking. He kept saying Ann Helliger or Ann Heliger. And then uh, Felder said Ann Helliger. And then from that point on, Dom was saying Ann Helliger. So, yeah. like, somebody must have been in the early. I mean, Dom some of these there. names are hard, but <laughs> no doubt. Th- this wasn't like a I'm Johnson's whooping his ass the whole time and then seeks in the choke. It's like this is back and forth and someone's fighting for it. And I don't want to leave it to the, to the judge's hands because mm-hmm. that's where you start getting, you know, disappointed in in results now johnson was winning the whole fight but still yeah you just never know right but but okay now now Close you have, rounds yeah you, you but now you have the other side of it where i'm winning i'm winning this fight and i still want to finish the fight i want to can flow all over <laughs> you right now so mm-hmm. I, it was like like this this 
it's fun to see knockouts. It's also fun to see these slick ass submissions. It's so fun. Yeah, and and you you touched on it, so I, I don't need to talk about it too much. But I yeah, I love the like hunting up the the finish and until the end, yeah. right? Twelve seconds left. He could have wrote it out. He had his back. You know, could have played to the small apex crowd, whatever. But no, he's like, no, fuck this guy. Like I'm better than him. <laughs> I'm gonna get this win. Love to see it. And what? I mean, just we got our our grappling fix on, on this card. I mean, so many just, I mean, this one scrambles and you saw the whole gamut of groundwork across these fights, right? You had a rare submission attempts like the calf slicer. You had the, the modified rear naked choke, mm-hmm. right? Bulldog slash whatever, uh, you, you know, you, you had that, you had the traditional rear naked choke. You had Johnson throwing nasty elbows off his back, right? You had good ground and pound from the top with Brendan Allen, like the, the variance of groundwork that we got to see on an Apex Fight Night card. And this is why we love MMA so much, right? This is something it's on two in the afternoon, right? When there's big college football games going on to get this level of entertainment on a, a card that realistically, I know for everyone's career, it's consequential, yeah, but there was one, maybe two fights of consequence, uh, you know, real consequence on this card. And better than the super hyped up. We're going to do it again. Better than the super hyped up Shakur Stevenson fight. Well, and and one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and uh, boxing's lame. But to <laughs> even think about all the submissions that we get, but then we got an Amanda Hebas spinning shit to mm. really like tear someone up. Because my lord, I mean, now we get to see. You tell me, we get to see submissions, crazy ass submissions, and knockouts. Hebas. Hebus in the first round kind of was getting tagged, but Panair, what how do you say Panair? Kind of. Did you see her face? Well, what the uh, first uh, punch uh, that hit her lumped her up. Well, it was, what I mean by that whew. is that like she was getting pieced up, but <laughs> she was never. It's never like you were like, oh, she's hurt. She's gonna get. I mean, she's always game. But how do you say her name? Luana Pin- Pinero. Pinero. She the second round. I mean, I guess all those power shots and Hebus is just like you know like. <laughs> Jim Carrey and that uh, me myself, <laughs> me and, I myself and, I and and just and just never let up and you know she kind of showed she did spinning back kick to the to the solar plex or, or the stomach what like three times before the the head one it was I mean y- y- she needed this she needed this win oh yeah and you kind of interesting sub plot that I didn't know is they used to be roommates I I didn't good. know that either right yeah good like friends you know fighting each other. But you, you could see the experience from Hebus. Mm-hmm. Right, she came out. She was fighting orthodox. The huge hooks and overhands were busting her up. I mean, she kind of looked Quasimodo-ish coming out of that first round. Right, she was lumped up. Makes the adjustment in between rounds. She starts going southpaw. She starts throwing kicks, and it, it was almost like Pinero was like, oh. Oh, okay. Well, now that my weapons aren't working, what do I do? And she's still connected. Every time that Hebus went back to to Orthodox, Pinero was connecting. Yep. But this is where you see from Amanda Hebus, like, oh, that's right. She has been, even though she has 16 pro fights, she has been in there with Macy Barber, Araujo, Chikagian, John Jadoba, Paige Van Zandt, Marina Rodriguez, right? Mackenzie Dern. Like, you, you, a who's who of, the strawweight and flyweight divisions without ever getting to like that top five yeah. rarefied air. But she's fought 
killers at, at these divisions. And, and I think that was the difference in this fight because for a less experienced fighter, he must could have let the fight go on the way it was yep. for the first round. But she made the adjustments. She knew she was never out of the fight. Dom was talking about it. The whole fight was like, hey, you got you got to watch this woman because until the she's going to be in it the entire fight. Doesn't matter if she's losing. She's going to going to try to hunt up the finish. And she did it. That spinning wheel kick to the face. <laughs> it was it was clean and like the fact that that didn't put her down but the one two afterwards but to dom's straight right yeah to, to to dom's credit she switched stances and threw in kicks and it just confused pin uh how do you say it luana luana there you go it just uh <laughs> it just confused her and after that and and don't get me wrong throwing power shots probably slows you down some but yeah. hebas doesn't slow down and it was impressive to watch her get beat up come back and like you're saying she looked fucked up in the face right just from all the damage and it's like i'm never gonna stop i'm never not only not gonna stop just not giving up on myself and that turned out to be like an amazing tko finish of a fight that was a good back and forth and then you just saw you saw Hebas take over the second round and third round she's just like i'm not letting up and you saw luana just mentally just exhaust she might not have yeah. broke but she exhausted mentally and there was a couple of those shot those kicks to the body where Pinero had a pretty good poker face. Oh, yeah. But there was a couple where you're like, oh, that one got it. Oh, like you yeah. saw it wasn't so much in her face so much as like, OK, I'm moving backwards now. Like I'm trying to get away and and, and, like, and running away, like really like mm -hmm. trying to hop away like that. That heel to the stomach got her. One of the best weapons that you can have in MMA is a gas tank. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, yes. he was truly weaponized pressure mm -hmm. in this fight. She was getting beat up the first round. And that has to suck as a fighter where you're putting everything into everything, right? You have hit this woman as hard as you can multiple times. She looks like she's having a bad night. Right? <laughs> she looks like she should be out of there. And she's just in your face, you know, giving you the Jim Carrey yeah. to me, myself, and Irene as she's walking you down. Like, that's annoying. You see it with Colby. You see it with these different fighters that don't necessarily have, and I don't mean to diminish anybody's skill set. Because obviously there's all these other skills associated with it. But you see these people that don't have these super flashy techniques. And I get you had a spinning wheel kick here, guys. But don't have these like amazing bases in Muay Thai or boxing or jujitsu. But have an awesome gas tank, can pressure people, and have solid fundamentals. And that gets you really fucking far in this game. And and, and this was the perfect example of like, I, I'm getting beat. Oh, come, coming to the second round, I was like, oh, she better do something different. And whatever her corner advice was, or whatever she just saw, if if you know she didn't get any advice to switch stances, like you're saying, the gas I have my gas tank. Now let me get my mind right. And once that happened, it was like you see it real time, like, uh oh, uh oh, Luana better do something, and she just couldn't. Yeah, it's exactly how I saw the fight playing out. Reason I picked Hebus. <laughs> and I mean, clearly you didn't. Uh but but yeah, the reason I picked you, I Fully expected her to get her ass kicked for five <laughs> minutes and then come back. <laughs> I'm watching the first round and I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, I was thinking the same thing, too, because, you know, when we were driving to the airport yesterday, I'm like, I feel like this is a fight Hebus can win. But I just think I, I just honestly thought Panera was just better. I thought she was just going to be better. Nope. Nope. I mean, how can I not be impressed by Hebus's performance? Because that extra thing that some of us don't have. Uh, the person speaking to you right now doesn't have <laughs> yeah. where I'm not going to get beat up for five minutes and they come out better the next round. I just can't do it. I don't have it in me. She does good for her. You know, it was, it was, 
and it saves you're going lost win lost win you know you keep going back and forth now you got out of your last five people are getting the last five at least you won three of your last five it keeps you you get you get the number nine spot now and you get to see what your future looks like you get a, you get another chance so good for her oh yeah and when you look at because she bounced around flyweight strawweight when you look at her last couple strawweight fights i mean that a victory over John Jadova yep. and then a victory over Pinero. So when you're looking at where those people are in the ranking, right, she has a victory over number nine and number six yeah. in, in her last two fights. So she's going to be moving up. She's currently at 10. She beat Mackenzie Dern previously. So she has to at least go to eight in the rankings above Dern and Pinero. I don't imagine. understand how, I don't understand how Dern put on that performance that she did last week and only dropped one spot. I get Andrade was ranked above her, but like what we saw in the cage, that's strange to me. I agree. Uh, but I think I think Hebos has to go above her. And there's still some really interesting fights for her there. Amanda Lemos, she's never fought. That'd be a good one. You have Jessica Andrade. You know, maybe now is the time that she gets a, a rematch against Marina Rodriguez. I, th- I think that could be a fun one because what... Rodriguez, I think, is coming off of a loss where she uh oh no, she just beat Michelle Watterson Gomez, but was coming off of two losses. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, was coming off of two losses before that. So this could be the time for that. Or, and we just saw it, Lupi Godinez deserves deserves a, a good fight above her. You know, maybe you you schedule that and it's hey, Hebus, like this is where you're at right now. You're going to have to turn away some of these young guns and then we'll let you fight up again. And I actually don't mind that for Hebus in her position right now to say, this is where you're at right now. Like, yeah, we know you just beat someone that's above you, but you're, you're, you've been flip flopping wins and losses. Beat Godinez will do something for you. Why not? Right. Go, go ahead and beat someone that's right below you right now in the rankings as it is today. And, and we'll give you your rematch or we'll give you someone else. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, you'll get your top. Hey, you you take on our our young killer mm-hmm. that we have right now, and if you can beat her, we'll give you your top five. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. And with the way Heba's just looked last yeah, or yesterday, you gotta imagine that like no one's gonna break her down. So you now people have to figure out okay, like she 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 didn't just outlast somebody and someone get tired she changed her game plan in the middle of a fight when someone can change their, that shows high fight iq that's a problem because now if i'm beating you in the first round how does she come out the second round she's not going to stick with the game plan she's just not and it could just be the one scenario that these people know each other they live together they train together maybe uh but if, if it's not i don't want to take away her fight iq just because i don't know what actually happened in the cage i don't want to say well it's just because he knows her no her fight iq was huge last night and like you're saying, when you have gas tank and heart, uh, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. Even if you lose, yeah. that person's going to have a hard time beating you. Yeah. It, you're never out of it. No, That's the thing. Never. Like you're never out until somebody shuts you off. Correct. You're never out of the fight. And and then you could be getting your ass kicked, not just for five minutes, for 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if you're still bringing the pressure, if you still, if you can make the adjustments, ask Leon Edwards. Yep. Right, like you are not out of the fight, mm-hmm. and I get Hebus and Edwards are two very different fighters, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. And, and the difference right? between Hebus and Edwards is Edwards looked broken, mm-hmm. and he might have been right. He might have just been like, "I got one thing left," but like you're saying, as long as you have that little bit of will left in you, I mean, you're champion of the world, you know. So, oh yeah, and the 
talk about not giving up on yourself. The GK Sergi fight versus Lucas Alexander. Dude. Watching the first like minute of that fight, I was like, oh, Sergi look just looks outclassed. Oh, like everything God. Alexander's touching him with looks like it hurts him. Like Sergi can't find the range. And then Karak. <laughs> I mean, that was once again, we kind of saw it with Saint Denis and Cornrola last <laughs> week with like the exit and not exiting, minding your P's and Q's exactly. while circling away. And that's exactly what happened here. Alexander hands down thinking he could just skip out and he caught a massive shot. The follow-ups were, uh, I mean, I mean Rashad, up until the little like backhand. Yeah. <laughs> he at the very end. But like Rashad Evans <laughs> on the side of the cage, like knocked out, right? Looking like, where the fuck am I? And to your point, Alexander made a mistake. He made a mm-hmm. mistake. He did not, like you say, minus P's and Q's, and because he was, he looked powerful. And how do you say his name, Sergey? Yeah, Sergey. That's how we'll say it. Okay, he looked, he looked like, uh oh, his his face started looking like, uh oh, and then he said, na 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 na, getting jiggy with it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dance. It was, it was good. His energy was good. Looked like he had some adversity. It was a quick fight, but. Yeah. Man, his power was insane. His power was crazy. Yeah, he doesn't look like he should carry that kind of at power. all. Yeah, at he looked all. like third. And I get Alexander missed weight by a couple of pounds. Uh, we have not solved the two conspiracy yet. By the way, sorry, listeners, <laughs> haven't solved that one yet. Uh, we'll we'll keep working on it. But the uh, yeah, I mean, Alexander looked like a totally different weight class. Like looking at there was two fights where they look like very different weight classes. This one and then the uh, the Ann Helliger. Um, Johnson yeah. fight. Johnson was so much bigger. Than yeah, he was. But this one was like, oh, okay. Like, Sergey, this is not the right weight class. Should probably be a 135er. Nope. Nope. Correct. My man said, I can punch hard, dude. Yes. <laughs> and hard. also swivel the hips pretty hard, too. <laughs> he went, not only did he do that dance directly after, which good on you. Yeah. Y'all know my affinity for people that can go directly into it, not yeah. plan it out, just go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. He went back to it again. Oh, like, yeah. He said, later. I don't know like, if you that's guys his move. saw it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Peep the hips. Guys, peep the hips. <laughs> it's very yeah. much. What was um, that one was for the ladies? What was the champion uh, uh, in Dom's division? Like, long reigning champion. He used to do that all the time. Henan Burrell. Henan Burrell. Yeah. Same like, <laughs> type of like just pelvic thrusting. It's like, hey, man, <laughs> like, chill out, bro. But, <laughs> but when you have that, when you have that power and you got the, the knockout, like, like it was another one of these examples of a finish that was exciting. Like, finishes are usually exciting, but that was so, like, it was like, I was like, this guy's going to have problems if this fight keeps going. No. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you changed it so fast, man. There was yeah. a lot of fast changes like this. You know, um, Bree 2 did it. He did mm-hmm. it. Was, this was, I can't wait to see his next fight. And he, they said he was the first Indonesian fighter, right? In the UFC. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. He was part of the road to UFC program. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. That they did. Yeah. So we're we're going to start getting more of these. And and as we've seen, we saw it before with Ancho Jubilee, who yep. came out of the, the same uh, show. Uh, there's a deficit in skill for yep. sure. For some of these guys, right? Like you look at this fight, he was, he looked outclassed up until he landed the big shot, but there's some really intriguing pieces there to build off of and ultimately what's what I think is going to happen from this is the you know the Saragis, the Jubilees, those guys are never going to contend, but they're going to inspire the next generation in their country that will contend. And oh, you know, yeah. we saw it with like the Ian Freemans, the British fighters that 
got the Michael Bisbings into the game that then we're now seeing with the Tom Aspinalls and the Leon Edwards, right? It's a generational thing where they continue to inspire. And so that's what's really cool about seeing things like this, where he is the first from his country to fight in the UFC. And then I think, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is down the road, we're going to continue to see more and more. And just the growth of the sport yeah which because is beautiful. because they have other organizations that can have these fighters as well i mean you hear islam talk about it. he's like you can't go into a gym in dagestan without having 70 young kids all wrestling like that's what mm-hmm. that's what has been inspired now you see these kids in these other countries doing it and then you have different you know maybe high level muay thai that's just going to start taking over the game shit like that is just fun but it doesn't matter how skilled this guy is compared to his counterparts in the ufc his power is a problem right now people have to go like can't get cracked by this guy you know i, I might you know alexander it's a very different fight if he doesn't make a mistake but it doesn't matter if if you make that mistake there's consequences it was he hit him so hard for being in that featherweight man he hit him so <laughs> yeah. hard dude yeah and then uh, yeah another guy that looked like he, he was actually struggling a little bit early on was cld i know and, and his fight against Tululin. It looked like, and they they alluded to it on the broadcast, but here's a guy who has these really flashy kicks. But when there's pressure coming at him, it, it's difficult for him. And this was a scenario where being in the smaller cage definitely did not play to his, his advantage because he was going to get pushed up against the cage. But when he was able to get loose, ooh, He's violent. he started feeling himself. <laughs> he was throwing all the spinning shit. And, like, it looked nice. Yeah, dude, he's he's so violent. Those elbows were just... Like stop doing that, man! Like block some elbows. It's there was some there was some violence in CLD that is, it's appealing to watch when some of these guys can turn it on like that. It's insane. When when him and, and Tululin got into the like elbow exchanges, it was almost like slap fight. Not from the I'm gonna hold a towel and let you hit me as hard as you can in the face. Well, it's also from not the like exciting as slap boxing, but go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, power, slap power fighting, slap, power slap. Yeah, power slap. <laughs> uh, brain trauma. But the like, it was like, oh, you want to throw the short elbow? Cool, I'm doing it too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was, Which is fun to watch. It's yeah. fun to watch, but it it's not fun to Tululin. watch. Yeah, but say when when you're when you're on the losing end of an elbow battle, not fun. Not yeah, fun. he's he's got to get out of that like i'm a tough guy stand in there and just trade and you i really liked seeing his game plan early on the pressure like hey i'm just gonna smother this kicker and let's see what we can do there were some nice adjustments made by christian leroy duncan during you know in between rounds he kept the distance a little more and then also here's a piece to his game that we didn't really see before like those uppercuts in the clinch the single collar tie to get the uppercuts the elbows like that that's a nice evolution mm-hmm. to his game. I'm I'm happy he responded the way he did. Happy for him, not for Tululin, but happy for him that he responded the way he did coming off of the Petrosian fight. Yeah. Be- because Fair. he got he got outclassed in the Petrosian fight. He he looked like somebody who wasn't quite ready to fight that level of competition. And then it, it there was adversity here, right? He got tested right away, but then was able to, you know, he reversed the position in round one. And like they said, Tulum wasn't doing anything to keep him from clinching on the cage and, and throwing some strikes here and there. So I like that he added that part to his game and that he didn't just accept, hey, here's this guy that's pressuring me and like, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. It was a 
hey, here, here's the evolution I've made in my game. I reversed the position. You would like to see some of the fight IQ stuff of like, you know, maybe he does want to show off his his new tool, but he does need to step back, right? We know his path to, or at least we thought his path to victory was kicking range. Apparently it was in the clinch. <laughs> uh, but to show off some of those tools was was nice. And I want to see that continued evolution for a fighter like him where we don't need to get hyped to be like, all right, like, you know, borderline top 15. No, 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 no. Like, let's allow this guy to come along slowly and continue to work on his game because being a devastating explosive striker is going to get you very far in the regional circuit. Some of the lesser national promotions like the cage warriors. Yeah. You're going to be able to work your way up there, but now that you're fighting the absolute best of the best, like let, let's allow you to round out your game, provide those tests for you as you continue to move up. Yeah. And it's always fun to see a guy lose and learn. I, we, we, you and I, I've known you for too long. Over, over 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And, and we've been watching fights enough. We've never seen someone lose, come back better and been like, ah, he still lost though. It's always like, okay, well, I mean, like sometimes you just have to lose. It's, it's actually, can I bring up boxing one more time? It's actually one of the things that I think Joe Rogan said that's really fun about MMA is that a loss doesn't stop people from being a fan. Sometimes you lose and you're a bigger fan. We we've we've experienced people that have lost and be like, ah, we we like this person just as much, or if not more, because of their loss. And then the person comes back and does better. You're like, okay, well, they learned. And there's nothing wrong with falling down, getting back up, and coming back stronger. I mean, I, I think one of my favorite fighters actively well, I guess he's he's retired right now, but is he? And because I feel like his mental strength is I can take a loss and come back stronger. I think CLD did that. I think he took a loss, learned from it, and we're going to start seeing him get better. And you want to bring him along slowly in the middleweight? Okay, we have so much shit happening in the middleweight top 15 and then the what we call the bubble. Yeah, it's just another guy that might be excited. It's this we We've talked about the middleweight division almost too much. How exciting is it to have him on the outskirts as well. I don't know how far yeah. in the outskirts he is, you know, but he's far enough that he's got time to grow. Yeah, he's somebody to watch. Yeah. But that's the fun part, right? He's somebody that the next time he fights, it's like, all right, let's see if he gets better. Again. Yeah. Let's see if this evolution continues. And we're starting to get more and more and more of those guys at welterweight, at middleweight. I think we're going to continue to see. I don't know if we'll ever get it at heavyweight just because the money is not there yeah. for those big guys. Yeah, for, for big athletes, right? Because you're going to go make money playing some other sport where you can make tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, as opposed to, you know, 12 and 12. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's one of the really, really good things about MMA is when you look at some of the champions, even our current champions, Alexa Grasso, 16, 3 and 1, not an outstanding record. Yeah. Right. Sean Strickland, 28 and 5. Pantosha, 26 and 5. Yeah. Like those are good records, but you look at boxing, like all the champions are undefeated or one loss. Yeah. And and so that this is really, I like that. The fact that Brandon Roy Val, my man, raw dog, <laughs> is going to be fighting for a title. And he doesn't have a great record. Yeah. Go go back to Robbie Lawler. Right. There's all of these fighters that it's one of the great things about MMA is you can learn and evolve and it doesn't derail your career. Yeah. I agree. Really, really nice. And Ooh, and I, I'm going to butcher it, so I know for sure you're going to butcher it. No, -uh. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> my man, Mutt the Beck, oral by uh, what a what a performance! To, Jesus, dude. You know, I mean, for 
what he was getting beat up on the feet once he realized that I can take Medic down and and he has no no answers there. At and you, you gotta all. feel for you gotta feel for Medic. So he's preparing a, all week or all fight camp up until the last week for a Muay Thai fighter. Yep. Not a I mean, every they're all MMA, they, but like a Muay Thai fighter, a guy that has no desire to ever take you to the ground to a guy from the part of the world where they start grappling uh, before they can walk. Right. Like, oh, cool. You're four. Here's a bear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just like wild stuff and sucks for Medich for the doctor. Uh, but the because it looked like, OK, yeah, this is what you do to a guy who you know, comes in on late notice. He hurt him early, but then just had no answers. Couldn't stand back up. You got to give it to Oral by uh, just the relentless pressure on the takedowns and keeping him every time he started to stand back up, scooping the wrist, scooping the ankle. That alpha male, man, that team alpha male shit right there. I mean, it just shows. And yeah, you you can feel for Medich and be like, look, you're confided, but you got to make that adjustment, and he just mm-hmm. looked lost, man. And and it's not like Medich doesn't have any wrestling at all. I mean, he might not mm-hmm. be top of the top food chain, but the first round, Oral by getting tagged, you know. But just when he's he hurt, when he decided to say, I'm going to grapple, Medich had nothing to come out the second round and still have nothing and then just gets, you know, submitted. I mean, yeah. Good for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Was he from Kyrgyzstan? Yeah. Yeah, the stands, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stands full of wrestlers. The uh, but I almost had to start rooting for him immediately when he came out with Slava Claus in his corner. Oh yeah, you can't, how can you not, dude? I mean, I had fingers crossed we were going to see a Lizginka afterwards. We did not. No. Uh, but it was actually kind of kind of wild. I don't know if you saw it in the corner. Uriah Faber was telling Slava what to say. Oh no, I didn't. And Slava that. was translating to oral by in the cage i mean that's that's what that team does and when you hear team alpha male like like dom said takedowns and guillotines that's what you're expecting you know you're expecting takedowns and guillotines it was a great performance it it really opened my eyes to oral by to to be like okay he's he's a grinder type of guy what what can you do to stop that because those are the ones that you know uzman versus woodley where it's just like god he's in my fucking face again like what do i and if you can stop his takedowns, what does he have next? I'm really interested to see once someone can prepare for him. Because to, to your to your point, Medich didn't get to prepare for him like he should have, like like he could have in a full fight camp. We'll see what happens with his next fight. I'm excited. Like all powerful grapplers, he has power. Yeah, yeah. His last two fights in LFA were were knockout wins. Okay. Uh, the uppercut where he like launched the guy's afro yeah, in yeah, the yeah, stratosphere yeah, yeah. was was really impressive. Uh, and what's really exciting is he's going to drop down the lightweight. Said he was going to do it. Uh, his last two welterweight fights in LFA, he actually weighed in at 167 pounds. Jesus. So like, was not cutting any weight. You know, he said in the the post fight, like, yeah, on a short notice, I'll fight welterweight, but I'm not fighting welterweight in the UFC. So he's going to drop down. He's only going to be stronger. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because it's not like he was cutting to 170. He's like, oh, I can cut more to get to 155. I'm like, yeah, I'm not cutting, and I'm at 170. Like, <sighs> he's, yeah, he he might be a problem moving forward. That's I am scary, dude. I'm ready to, see, yeah, I'm 100% ready to see what Oral Bai does moving forward. For Medich, you know, your two losses in the UFC were, were based on a grappling deficiency. Mm-hmm. You got choked out by Jalen Turner, and then now, now this, 
that that needs to be shorn up. But I'd love to see him fight Johnny Parsons anyway. Is the the slugger not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not just rebook yeah. it, right? Fun fight. Yeah, you know it'll be a fun one. And then our co-main. This was one that I was very very excited for. We talk a lot about tests and what tests need to be passed for certain fighters. And right here, Morales got the the Jake Matthews test. You know, somebody who is up and down, but on his best nights is going to be a top 15 caliber fighter has been the highly touted prospect before really quick hands. I thought Matthews was doing some really good work in there with hook. Yeah. I thought he looked really, really good. Problem for him is Morales looked really, really good too. Mm -hmm. That jab is a thing of beauty. The timing he had on the calf kick and even from the, uh, you know, not to the calf, but the inside low kick, uh, to sweep Matthews off his feet a couple times was, was impressive. His timing, his speed, his size. He just he's looks, got a six foot seven inch reach at welterweight. Yeah, he just looks bigger and stronger at times, right? And and the calmness that he has is fucking very serial killer ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple day kicks traded. Yeah, you kick my ouch pouch, <laughs> I kick you back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jake Matthews did look good. You know, talking about him last week. We're talking about this fight last hater. week. Yeah, <laughs> not so much a hater. Just like sometimes I just you don't always see this type of performance. I thought he looked great, but like you're saying, Morales just looked better. And it's not mm-hmm. like he looked better by a dominance. That was not a walk off win for Morales. Yeah. This was like a close fight where you, I don't want to say you never know because it felt it felt like Morales was winning. But you never know, right? Because mm-hmm. two judges gave Matthews the first round. One judge gave Morales the first round. So you just never know. Yeah, you just never know. I think I don't two, know how you give Morales the first round. I, I, I don't either. I think I think it's clear two and three. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Matthews got yeah. the first round clear in my mind. And Morales, I mean, Matthews got first round clear. Morales got second and third. But that's the type of thing. That's the type of the fight this was, is that it wasn't like it was a walk-off win where you're just dominating. It's close. But when he starts exploding, it was different, right? It, it just looked different, yeah. and and it the calf kick definitely definitely felt it. But Morales just seems like when he got hit, it didn't hurt him as much as when Morales hit Matthew. So great performance. Yeah. I was impressed with Morales's chin because when Matthews put together like a two three punch combo, hit him clean on the chin. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh shit, he's gonna be hurt, and he just kind of ate it. Uh, that was yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, uh, very, the, very impressive. There was a couple times he looked like flailing, like like he caught him <laughs> enough that it's like, okay, like now my body's out of control for a moment. But I never felt like he was in danger. I didn't feel like, I, I didn't really feel like Matthews was in danger either. But Matthews looked more hurt. Yeah, one of the the interesting things talked about it a bit last week is Matthews has a really good ability to get into a firefight and not really absorb damage. Yeah, like he, there was I think it was the end of round two where Morales unleashed like this crazy combo and was just like, you know, killer instinct style, like just fucking like a 20 punch combo. And none of it really hit clean. Yeah, maybe like two or three shots hit him. Yeah. yeah. Matthews was just sitting there shelled up. It, it was impressive. And and even early on in round one, there was a time where Morales was in there swinging and, you know, Matthews is kind of rolling with it. Boom. And gets his one and exits. It was Matthews is, is fun to watch. He, you know, he doesn't always put on the best, he doesn't always fight to the best of his abilities, but he does some really interesting things like that. 
already talked about it, but that check hook was was a thing of beauty throughout the fight. Now, for Morales, some of the evolution that we've seen, I'm I'm pretty happy about. He still, though, has some of that young man energy where as the fight goes on and he's gaining confidence, he puts himself in a little bit of danger, kind of starts putting the hands down. But he also has that, like, you get me, I get you back mentality still. Like every time, and it can be good, it can be bad, but he gets a little wild when he does it. Like he gets that, like, oh, you hit me and it kind of hurt. Like I need to go get that right now. And he leaves himself open at times. I'm going to say he opens doing up, that. right? Yep, mm-hmm. he opens up. And and that's something that Matthews couldn't necessarily take advantage of. And it's going to be hard for people to take advantage of because of the physical gifts of Morales. But that being said, there's people that are going to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I want to... That has me intrigued for his next fight. Is he going to be able to continue to rein that in? Because I didn't feel it was as bad this time as it has been in fights prior. But like Chaos Williams has the ability to put you out. And so if you do that against him, you're putting yourself in some danger. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see what's going to happen with some of these pressure fighters because Morales gets to be the aggressor because of his range, because of how long he is. But some of these kind of more seasoned fighters that are pressure fighters themselves. I want to see how he handles that. You know, uh, the great white, you know, is Alex Morano going to be able to walk down Morales? Like that's something that I want to see. Um, you, the guy that almost killed that helped elevate <laughs> Benoit Saint Denis career by almost killing him in the cage. Not the ref who's the real hero of that story, <laughs> uh, but Capoeira dos Santos. Right, and and we saw that against uh, Renat Fakhradinov. Yeah, right. That was that was a test that Fakhradinov could not pass because it got dirty late in the fight. He couldn't couldn't overcome. It got ten eighted in the last round for a draw. Yeah, and so I want to see Kim Morales pass that type of test with somebody that is not only going to be there the whole time, like a Matthews, like a Max Griffin, but a going to push the pace, going to put it on you the entire time oh, yeah. and make you try to fight off your back foot. Yeah, because imagine, uh, he's clearly not ready for this name right now, but imagine a Jack Delamata in front of him last night. It's different, yep. right? It's mm-hmm. just different. And he shouldn't be matching up against, we shouldn't be comparing him right now, just young. But yeah. that type of fighter is going to is gonna expose something. Now, you still might might not lose, but it's not going to, yeah, it's, it's Jake, Jake Matthews really, did his part. He just couldn't get the win. That, that The only yeah. problem with Jake Matthews last night, he just couldn't get the little bit of edge that he needed uh, because, I mean, he outstruck him in the third round. It's just, yeah. you know, he just couldn't get the edge. So great. Different my- types of athletes. Yep. Like Dif- that, that was the thing is perfect way to say it. the Jake Matthews could beat Michael Morales on any given night. Yep. The fight was, in my opinion, the fight was that close, but the ceiling of Jake Matthews might be, top 15 fringe top 15 yeah. the ceiling of michael morales is very different yeah, he could potentially down the road challenge for a type and his calm if not his be a top 10 guy yeah yeah just the, the way he just keeps calm like like they were saying it's like he doesn't even look like he's breathing hard you mm-hmm. know like he just he has that something about him but experience is going to come a long way and and these little things right here are the experience where okay we got another one in what can we what can we get better and as long as he keeps yeah. getting better it's a prospect yeah, and because there's a couple more tests. In addition to the pressure fighter, I want to see like a relentless grappler. Mm-hmm. We need to see that one, as we saw with 
uh, Gabrielle Bonfim. We need to see the absolute, not just pressure push you back, but pressure grind on you, wear you out in the clinch. Like those are all tests that Morales is going to have to pass yeah. on his climb up. But that, like, that's the next fight. Is it a pressure fighter or is it a grappler? I want to see something where, because if it's a fight in on the feet where we we know Morales can win the fight when he dictates the pace. When yep. he's fighting his fight, it, it's going to be hard for people to beat him because of the physical gifts he has. I want to see how he adapts when he's not fighting his fight. Can he make a situation his fight? Because that's that's a skill that some fighters have. You know, you look at Darren Elkins. It, it, he's always going to fight a Darren Elkins fight. Yeah. Right? He makes people fight his style. And so I want to like, is Morales that type of fighter where he can draw people into his style? Or is he going to have to evolve in other parts of the game and be able, you know, have really good grappling and, and do those things? That's going to be fun. That's going to be really, really fun watching him go through those tests on the way out. Yeah. And, and I, I don't have any reason to think that he won't, but he needs to have. I, I think you did you just reference Dolby Bonfim where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, th that's that's actually one of the more that that you just put that in my head. Of like, that's what I want to see next for him, really. I mean, I want to see him fight that type of thing because it's just different. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for like the potential of his career. And Jake Matthews, I think Jake Matthews fought almost kind of what the top level like you're saying the top of his fight last night and and he's just that's where he's at right jake yeah. matthews i don't i don't know if he could have put on too much of a better performance morales is just a little bit better right now morales is going to get better from this see what happens yeah like jake matthews is at at his best right if he fights that type of fight that he fought against morales he beats a lot of people in the ufc i think i agree it, it's just he's taking on a, a guy who has that upper echelon type potential yeah. i almost put down that i wanted that dalby would be a good fight for morales next however i think it would be that's putting together two things the pace and the the grappling yeah like the pressure and the grappling i think morales is young enough where like let's see him pass those individually and then let's see if he can beat somebody like that that's going to pressure you with the grappling with you know just a dirty fight i actually love the way you just said that let's see him pass those tests individually and if i'm dolby i'm not taking that fight because what isn't he 39 as well you know yeah like, he's 38 or 30 yeah like, he needs I'm to not fight. Take, yeah i'm like if if you guys can't give me something better than the morales but i really like the way you put that let, let me pass these tests individually before i get someone that can do them both really really well because you don't want to stop his momentum either yeah I, I, you have somebody and he's uh, he fought in the the Mexican regional scene. I believe he's from Ecuador. Okay. The you know you have another. We've seen with Chito Vera. I mean that guy's a fucking rock star in Ecuador. Oh, yeah. Right. So like you have this ability to continue to build guys, uh, and and Morales does have that ceiling. Like let's not do to him what you guys just did to Gabriel Bonfim, because I think Bonfim had that ceiling too. Now granted, Bonfim did things putting his chin out there and stuff. Yeah. And, you know there were some holes, but they didn't let him pass some of those tests on the way up. And all of a sudden, it was like, "Hey, here's a killer that doesn't get the credit he deserves. Good luck." Oh, yeah, it was a bad night for Bombay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, great night for Michael Morales. Uh, lots of fun fights for that guy on on the horizon. And he doesn't take a ton of damage uh, in his fights. You know, his eye got busted up not last night, but the fight before. Uh, but doesn't take a ton of damage, yep. and, and so he could turn it around pretty quick. 
uh, talking about quick turnarounds. They have announced that uh, the rematch between Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker coming up January 13th, that is going to be headlining a fight night card, which I actually, as much as I like Johnny Walker in front of a crowd, you know, he has the energy. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I actually like that this is going to be a main event. Yeah, me too. Because in, in my eyes, this is a number one contender. Whoever wins this is going to get the winner of Poetan Jamal Hill. And so, like, let's see, let's see these guys in a five round affair because I think Ankalaev really proved something in the Jan Blahovich fight as much hate as he got for, for that draw. I mean, his legs got devastated and he made the, the adjustments he needed to. To, to get back into a fight that he should have lost, right? He won the last few rounds. So so I think that uh, this is really, really good for people that ultimately it is a number one contender fight. I think these are the fights that if they happen on a pay-per-view, you could have as co-main five-rounders yeah. for, for the number one contender. Um, so, you've said devastating a couple of times this podcast, and I always think in my head, devastating Dave. The, the turntable <laughs> slave? Every single yeah, time. I, yeah, if y'all don't know, uh, Google that because yeah, it's hilarious. I haven't interjected yeah. in in your thought, but every time I'm like, it was in Dave Turner's totally. uh, I, I like this too because this fight just needed to happen again. This fight needed to happen as quickly as they both can agree to it, and the next fight for both of them because, like like you're saying, this is this is one of the fights of consequence. Let's make it five rounds if 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 it even goes that far. I mean, who knows? But this is a fight of consequence. It's on a free card. Okay, <laughs> like nice, dude. And yeah, this, this was like a major the, fight on a pay-per-view. Yeah, so this, like now we get it. Yeah. On a on a wasn't it Madison Square Garden pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's the first fight of 2024 for UFC. Uh the first main event, I mean, perfect mm-hmm. perfect main event. Yeah. Going to going to be awesome. And then we also had the February 3rd fight night couple fights announced for this. They've not announced a location for this one yet, so don't know if it's an Apex fight night or if it's going to be a road show. Uh but we have I'm excited for this one. Flyweight Viviani Araujo versus Natalia Silva. Um, this is, and I know Araujo is a little up there in age, yeah. all of those things, but I, I want to watch Natalia Silva fight every single week. I think that she is extraordinarily entertaining. She, you know, her last fight, say what you will about it. I think it, that it definitely proved that she belongs in in these the top 15 and now she is getting a a top 10 right you go in there you beat Araujo and it it's only up for there from there you know Araujo did turn away Jennifer Maya in the last fight and people thought you know Maya was ha- going to have a resurgence after beating King Casey and so and, and and with the you know Araujo is 36 but that sometimes is just experience and Natalia Silva's young. She's a decade younger. This is a huge test to take her spot in the rankings, too. Like, this is some pressure. This is some pressure on a fight night card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... We talk about fights of consequence. This is one for Natalia Silva for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, this is one that should be on the main card. You know, like, if you had this, is not the co-main, but what they call, I think, the featured bout, the, like, third one. Mm-hmm. If it's a five five fight uh main card or the fourth one if it's a sixth like yeah. put that there oh because yeah absolutely I think silva has the personality i mean she has the game like i get it went to a decision against kgb lee but she's finishing people her first couple fights straight chem flow like this is 
you know, this this is a prospect. She's one of the reasons I'm so high on the women's flyweight division. Her, Carini, Blanchfield, Fior, like there are, there's a lot. Well, because, lot. and we say this, we've said this in the past, and we will continue saying it, Natalia Silva wins this, it's, you're not, there's no easy fights no more, right? This is your biggest test, and after that, I mean, you're, what, what do you expect happens next? <laughs> An easy layup? No, no, no. You're young, and you win this fight, you take this challenge, and you you pass it, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you beat Arujo. The people above you that are, or the people that are currently above Arujo, Macy Barber, Ew. who was violent in her last fight, Lauren Murphy. I get it, but mm. that's a pass that, or a test that, you know, young fighters should have to pass. Andrade, who's not, I don't think should be fighting flyweight anymore. Probably going to be staying at strawweight. Chikagian, Fior, <laughs> Blanchfield, Shevchenko, Grasso. It's it's not. It's not fun, man. And let's not forget that we do isn't um oh my god, what's her name? Just came over to the division. Rose. Rose. I mean, you still have Rose. yeah, you still have Rose somewhere in there. You know, Rose has mm-hmm. to fight somebody. And imagine Natalia Silva beating Arujo and then them saying we're gonna give you Rose. That's not easy. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's not an easy fight. It's it's killers from then on if she wins. And if she loses. Mm, I don't know what you do with her if she loses, but we'll we'll talk about that time comes. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's still there's still a lot of interesting stuff. I'm not saying because that because you they, have like but, Tracy Cortez. Yeah, but it's just do you the, then it depends on how she loses, right? Because if she loses with something that it's just like her experience shows, like if she for some reason just Mackenzie Derns it, it's like oh, what's going? On? I don't. I don't We're using that as a verb now, <laughs> right now, yeah. Um, <laughs> But but you know what I'm saying. It depends on how she loses because if Arujo just looks like the like the experienced like OG, it's like oh mm-hmm. you weren't ready for that yet. You don't have that. So I'm not saying that she, it's like she's washed up. But what do you do with Natalia Silva if she gets exposed? Not if yeah. she loses. If she gets exposed. Yeah, there's a big difference between if you get outclassed for three rounds. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, you, as opposed to you know you get caught. Yeah. You know, or even if you get outclassed for three rounds, but it's one thing where it's like, okay, that's the game that needs to be worked on. If it's clinch work or or something where, hey, when it's out at the at distance, you're looking really good, but you're just losing the clinch exchanges on the cage and you're not able to get out of that. Like, that's very different than like, oh, you're just getting beat up. Well, to kind of unfortunately bring back Bonfim and Dolby, like, I think Bonfim got exposed, right? I think the (laughs) difference with that is like, uh, we see something that might, yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The mental, it's the mental part. Is, and mm-hmm. so I don't, I'm not saying Natalia Silva has shown any of that, but she has a really big opportunity to win and then go into the killer's row. Or if she gets exposed, what do you do with her? And if she's like you said, if she just loses, she loses. She's still number 11 in the division. Uh, she shouldn't get knocked down because of it. But anyways, yeah, great fight. And then also on that card, we did just get the main event announced. And that is... A middleweight main event, number seven, Roman Delize taking on number 12, Nasruddin Imovov. Very interesting fight. Uh, consequence, man. This is a consequence fight because when you have Hamza in there in the mix and you just don't know, you have to show out with these middleweight belt, uh, the title of the middleweight fights to be like, I want to be that person. I mean, you just had Brendan Allen make a case fan-wise for why he should be getting a number one contender spot, and these guys are both ranked above him. So you Mm got to show up. 
Yeah, well, and the thing here for Imovov too is you look at his last few fights, like he hasn't won since September of 2022 against a guy who's now fighting at welterweight. And that was Joaquin Buckley. You know, he lost to Strickland, which no shame, the guy's the champion. Was supposed to fight Gasolin. Guy can't that was on the when he ended up fighting Strickland short nose. I think and that fight actually took place at light heavyweight. Um fights Chris Curtis. Curtis. Flash aheads, no contest. Curtis. And then was supposed to fight Ikram Alaskarov and had to pull out of the fight. And so, like, and then Alaskarov kind of made a name for himself, you know, even though he was fighting a welterweight, he was up at middleweight, yada, yada. But, like, that would have been an opportunity for Imabov, too. So this is one that, like, when you're not getting fights, when you have a series of things like that with a no contest and or a fight at a different weight class because of short notice, yep. no contest, and then you pull out of a fight, you, you have to make the most of the opportunities when they come. Because now if you lose to Delize, you're even though Delize is at seven, you're out of the top 15. Oh, yeah. We've talked about middleweight a lot. There's a bunch of young, hungry Lions just hanging out, waiting to get their opportunity to get into 15. Well, first of all, I misspoke. Imavov isn't ranked above Brendan Allen. But I don't know. I don't give if – I don't get how you would say that he loses to Delize and gets kicked out of the top 15 just because – that means Craig has to be kicked out of the top fifteen as well. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't, I don't know about that. But, but you're saying like where I agree with you is with his recent history of how his career has gone. This is a win you need, but you're not fighting anybody that's easy, dude. This isn't an easy fight. It's not like you're going in there being like, oh yeah, well he's about to get back on track, dude. Delizze is no joke. <laughs> No, he's no terrifying. <laughs> like, how do you expect? Like, why you guys give me this guy, man? Like, yeah. give me someone I else. mean, if Marvin Vittori doesn't have concrete in his head, yeah, he he's out of the. I mean, he he finishes Vittori, but yeah. Vittori just cannot be finished. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, this is by no means easy for Imavov, and it, it's a very interesting matchup because Imavov is a he's a sniper. You know, yeah. like he has that nice kind of karate style, does really good work from the outside, which is one of the reasons I'm hoping this fight is not in the apex. So we get a full size cage and, you know, he can work that. But then Delize is as explosive as it comes. One one strike, whether it's a kick, whether it's a knee, whether it's a punt, whatever it is, he can put you out unless you're Marvin Vittori. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, this is a very high risk fight for Imavov. And to take it back, the reason I'm saying that he might drop out after this is at least with Paul Craig, he has a win at Fair. middleweight recently. And Fair. I do, th I think Craig might might drop out after losing to Brendan Allen here, uh, as as well, just because there are so many people on the periphery just waiting, right? Like you can't tell me Roman Kopilov doesn't put on a, a performance against Paul Craig. Oh, I, right. Like, like at this point, can you tell me Craig deserves to be in the top 15 more than Kapalov? No. <laughs> with, with recency, can you tell me that Imovov deserves to be in the top 15 more than Kapalov? I agree. And and so like that's where I I think there there is the argument to be made. I mean, Ikramalaskarov is not in the top 15. Yeah. You can so you, like, you convinced me. You're you're right. Yeah. This is <laughs> Yeah, the, the middleweight division, man. How fun. How yeah. fun. Consequences are high yeah. right now in that division. It's I love that it's all getting brought up because mm -hmm. you have like middleweight is awesome right now. Welterweight, hyper competitive. 
you know, lightweight is going to be lightweight. The skill level's high. There's still some staleness within the top 15 just because of all the old heads hanging on. But featherweight, you have all these people kind of hanging out on the periphery, like Joe Anderson Brito is not ranked, right? Diego Lopez is not ranked. Bantamweight, we don't even need to talk about. We know what that is. <laughs> yeah. And flyweight, you know, same same kind of thing is happening at flyweight mm-hmm. too. Like you're telling me that a Joshua Van is sitting outside of the top 15 with as advanced as his striking game is, isn't, right? Like it, those weight classes are just so awesome right now. I hope it just continues because there have been these bouts of, of staleness, uh, especially at welterweight and middleweight, and it's just coming along. Love to see it. Yeah, I don't see how it can. I don't see how it can like stale up. I I just think the future of MMA is so so bright, <laughs> dude. It's so mm-hmm. bright. Like, oh yeah, yeah. how fun. And and so to wrap things up this week, do just real quick want to say we are not going to have an F update this week because there are uh, no fights coming up this week, which is why we didn't do a preview. But the following, we will have a full episode next Monday. We will be previewing the awesome awesome stacked card that is the uh the austin fight night headlined by benil dariush and armand sarukian cannot wait mm-hmm. to talk about that one uh and it's thanksgiving enjoy spend time with family eat some good food i'm going to be crushing some corn casserole i'll have my gravy plate you know because you got to do two plates thanksgiving you got the one with like your turkey your potato your things that you're going to put gravy on and then your non-gravy plate because the mac and cheese has to go somewhere. All right. So crush your food. Enjoy plenty of football to watch. Very, very excited uh, to be able to relax and spend time with family. Anything else you're in? Yeah, I'm no punk. And I just put everything on one plate because I'm an OG gangster. I don't, I don't. You let, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. We got to unpack this. You let the gravy get on your mac and cheese. So we don't do mac and cheese. My mom makes those uh, noodles. I don't know if you've ever seen her square noodles. So that's kind of what we like, do. Yeah. Yeah, like the Well that well like gravy belongs on this. For sure. But like I'll even take the chance that like my gravy might a little bit might touch my cranberry sauce, but I don't care. I want to eat like a fat person. Well, first of all, you're eating cranberry sauce. So you don't eat cranberry sauce. No, I have self respect. What are you talking about? It's one of the Do you eat like out of the can? Like jelly cranberry sauce. Yeah, the one that's you're, you're sick. Like, <laughs> can I be honest? There's only one time in the in my life that I crave it, and it's like Thanksgiving's coming up. Let me get my turkey on. Let me get my turkey legs. Let me go ahead and get my honey spiral ham because okay, your boy yeah. likes a honey spiral. Yeah, I'm with ham. that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, you know, we we change things up. Dietary needs for my sister and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really need stuff. I'm actually gonna make this year. Gonna make um bruschetta. Why not? Nice. Just throw something nice. different in there. But see, you put that on the plate, and there's gravy on that plate. You're gonna let gravy Bro, get on that with the little things of bruschetta. I'm gonna eat it before I like. I'm just gonna be like, let me go okay. and eat that. It's 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 bite It's an hors d'oeuvre, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody enjoy. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, most places still celebrate you not having to work. So enjoy yeah. it, you know. Like, yeah, and and eating like a fat ass, uh, which I am definitely definitely gonna be doing. All I can say is because you said you eat uh, the canned cranberry sauce, you probably also like candy corn. You're sick. Appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.